Riverstone. Welcome back for another episode of What the Football Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Conway T. And yes, we know it's only the second episode of the year. But I tell you what, with all those FA Cup games and things going on, there has been plenty of action since we last caught up on the airwaves. And of course, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rudds and Wade, as always, from Melbourne. Both with decent smiles on their faces, pretty happy with the positions of their teams. What's happening, gents? How's it? How are we doing? Good to be back. Uh, yeah. Good to be well, back for some. I can't be as happy as Wade. Right? They're sitting top of the table, bro. Like, who cares where else? Well, I suppose Champions League cares, but top of the table is where you want to be. Yeah, top of the table. Yeah, City I'll be even happier it. as soon as we have more news on City. <laughs> I might start rubbing my hands, you know. I, but, I think you'll be you you'll be waiting a long time, so that's likely going to be. It won't happen this season. Yeah, yeah, most likely these things usually drag on. So let's see. Yeah. Nonetheless, well, a massive another, distraction for City anyway. Yeah, look, even if they do get it quickly, right? So you just say they they get their independent committee up and running, look at evidence, they make their call. City come and talk on their behalf, and they make a judgment. There's going to be upset party either way. And they're going to appeal it. So, and when they appeal it, they're going to get another independent party. So, they'll go through the same process. And they'll just make sure that they made the right call based on legal um, evidence. Mm. And then there's no appealing after that. So, that's likely to take more than the couple of months you've got left for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not expecting any. I'm not expecting anything to happen, to be honest, anytime soon. So... They got money to make this thing drag out as long as possible. So, what do you want to see happen to them, Wade? You know, honestly speaking, I'd prefer them not to get points deducted because I don't want that to be the reason why Arsenal won. There's always, there's always something, no, right? No, when we win, but, but remember, remember, if they're getting points deducted, it's going to be in a season that that we haven't played yet. So yeah. Well, oh, oh, overall, what I thought you meant, like no. right now, what do I want? I want them to get relegated if they cheated. They should be. No. Yeah. I think that's only fair, you know. What happens with the cups they won? I don't know. Do they give it to the second place teams? Preferably not. I don't want to see that happening. I um, think they should take them. Like, if if I'm making, I don't know if football does that because I, I don't know. They do. Where they do. because so, when so Rangers just, when Rangers were relegated, the league titles they were not yeah, they, they were not handed to the other teams. But when Juventus got scrapped to their title, it was handed to Inter. I think um, I'd be happy with them getting stripped of all your titles, um, but not awarded to anybody. So you just have, you know, mm. declare no winner for those seasons. Yeah, that's because what I'd that, like to that see. That cannot be fair, though. Like, that's what I'd like to see. I don't want to hear either of you talking to me about titles that you won in the last, because I think it would be, what, two each? Or three, three each? each? Three. Wow. Yeah. No, no. They can't give but, anyway, but in reality, <laughs> like you, you, you just declare no winner for the season, even though a team was blatantly cheating or found to be cheated, then there's no point of stripping the titles in my eyes. Mm. Well, it takes it off, off the their record books. Yeah. They don't become champions. They but then you've robbed you've robbed the team that 
potentially should have been because of their cheating. So it goes hand in hand. Yeah, but the thing is, then you can't because emotionally, as the team that was we're talking about five, ten years ago, right? Yeah, going back ten years. So we're talking about United. We're talking about Chelsea. Yeah. Hmm. So, so emotionally, as a team, you know, you didn't win the league. You, you know, you, you didn't celebrate winning the league. You didn't, you didn't, your fans didn't feel that. You know, the club didn't feel that. So it's just like a, a record book win. So I don't, I don't think. I, w- I wouldn't we, feel like we won the league. If it no, got handed to us, if we finished second one of those seasons, I wouldn't be like, yeah, we won the league that year. You know what yeah. I mean? It would just be like, uh, it's a yeah, consolation. Most, most fans wouldn't be concerned about giving me the title for the record. No, we don't worry about that. Yeah. But they shouldn't get one. Nah. Yeah, there definitely should be consequences. But I, actually, there's a couple of interesting things. Like one of the things is uh, one of the the teams that has been most af- affected by Man City's rise is not Liverpool, is not United, it's Arsenal. Because that money that they brought into the club, mm. they bought all our players. Arsenal of their team. Mm. So yeah. if those guys don't leave Arsenal to go to Man City then their team is, is stronger and competes for longer. And then mm. even players like Van Persie. Van Persie doesn't leave Arsenal if the team continues to be competitive. So they say... I like um, that know, angle. I can, I can run well, that's that angle. Well, there's a hell of a lot of ifs there. <laughs> yeah, a hell of a lot of ifs. <laughs> so they, they, they put it all together. But the other thing is, if you start talking through that, then you open up the door for litigation from... Forget the teams that missed out on Champions League, like Arsenal, right? Think about the teams that got relegated because they got trashed by City. Yeah, you know, where does so, it end? that went down on goal yeah. difference. The problem with something like this is it does the Premier League have to tread very lightly in the decision or how they go about, I guess, punishing and looking at the evidence and how far they go with it because you can open up a can of worms here that never ends. If I kind of listen to this, right? If they get a point deduction and say it's 20 points, right? Mm. That's a slap on the wrist from my perspective because for City, that's nothing, it's nothing. They won't win the yep. league that year, but that's so, so. So what's that one season with a twenty-point deduction? You won't get delegated. You'll still be in the league, but what was your upside of it? One of the best teams in the world. We've built that. We've won titles. We've done so. If I'm Newcastle, I'm looking at this very closely to say, well, if that's all I got, we can take a point deduction in ten years' time because in ten years' time, yeah. you're going to be one of the strongest teams in the world. Yeah, we, we, we've already broken the rules. That's the counter. So, so they're really going to make sure. That's why for me, it has to be relegation. Kick them out of mm. the league. It has to be. It has to be a deterrent so no one else can do it because there's going to be more teams that get money. There's going to be more teams that get bought by, um, you know, sovereign wealth funds and other other big, you know, billionaires and stuff like that. And they're all going to want to push money to get them at the highest level. Um, so... I'd be looking very closely to say, well, how did City do it? Oh, is that the punishment? Is that all? No problem. And look, just for the just for the that. listeners, just for the listeners, if you if you don't understand what the issue is with City, you know, stripping it really back, and you can add to it, boys. But ultimately, it's about additional money being declared as um, money created within the business that is ultimately being uh, divided or used to actually fund whether it be salaries towards the manager, purchasing of players, or whatever it might be. So a real simple example might be, you know, the Abu Dhabi group reaching out to some connection out there in Saudi Arabia, wherever it might be in the business world, and telling them to add an extra amount of money onto the sponsorship to wash the money through there. 
and then ultimately yeah. declare that as income or whatever it might be, thereby giving them an extra leg up. So you can imagine the power that creates for that club because nobody can compete. And yeah. that's what we've seen for the last so, 10 so years. Right. So there's, there's, there's two angles, right? So the one yeah. was debt. Yeah, the one was overstating their revenues. So yeah, and overstating their commercial deals. So um, because they're related parties, they, they're, way, they're way above what's reasonable. So they look at teams like United and Real Madrid, two of the biggest commercial teams the in biggest. the world. Just, there's no argument there. But Man City... All of a sudden, Man City are top of the Deloitte ladder. They're eclipsing them. They're making more money than them. And also, it's also the the other side of the coin is that, you know, low expenses. So what they've done is they've got these players and these managers. We pay off your contract. We'll get our our sister company and we'll get someone else to pay you the difference. Even this Haaland deal, I'm telling you now, this Haaland deal, everyone's saying, oh, buy a clause and whatever. Yeah, you got the buy clause. Probably got another 100 million for signing on. For that something. didn't come from City's books. That didn't get, yeah, correct. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so there's a lot of dodgy things and shady things. Um, and you can probably argue that other teams do it. I don't think so. I think the only other teams that do it would be PSG. Um, PSG, yeah. They're the only ones in that department. It's all the new money, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a different argument to say, is it wrong for the, for the game to accept new money into it? You know, they should be focusing on other things. But the rules are the rules, Right. You, you can argue whether the rules should be in the first place, but that's a different argument altogether. The mm. argument is, you've come in, these are the rules, you said, okay, no worries, we've signed up to the rules, we said we'll abide to the rules, but you haven't. You've but you cheated. haven't, yeah. You've cheated. And other teams that are trying their best to stick to the rules have to sell their players, mm. you know, have to pull out of big deals for players that they, you know, that they desperately want because, well, FFP doesn't, you know, won't, won't, won't make it. They've had to offer lower contracts to players. There's a number of things they've had to do where City haven't. So, yeah. you know, they've got to make sure, you know, the punishment fits the crime here. I think so, Wade. And I don't know what you think about it, but obviously Rudd has raised some, raised some valid points because if they do nothing or if, they, if you know, City gets a slap on the wrist, it opens up the can of worms for the likes of Newcastle and any other, you know, states that go end up buying clubs in the future. If the punishment is extreme, um, you know, where does it end, I guess, in terms of, you know, maybe clubs jumping on that bandwagon and seeking uh, compensation or whatever it might be from that point of view. So they've really got to be clear on what this outcome is. Yeah, 100%. They've got to make an example of them to deter other clubs from doing it, like you said. So, um, yeah, that's why my initial reaction is they need to be relegated they need to be banished from the league that's for me is the only thing that i will think is a and fair is relegation to the championship enough or are we talking relegation to you know the likes of what happened to rangers that's a good question it's a good question yeah i think start again yeah didn't, i mean by the, didn't sound, you... by the sound of it this is this is cheating and, and fraudulent behavior to the highest degree. over such a long period of over time such as well a long yeah period what of time. nearly 10 years you're we're essentially talking, cooking, so... yeah, cooking the books. So, yeah. yeah. Now they have to, just to go the, down to the championship. Down the City, punishment City would be up the next season if they went down to the championship. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. really matter. What happened to Juventus? Did they go all the way down? They they did start again, yeah. Or was it Rangers? That's Rangers definitely went. Rangers all the way down, went right? down all the way down. I think Juventus just went down one. It just might went have down been one. one or two max. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But they, they were straight back up from what I remember. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously, it took them a while to kind of yeah. challenge. But once mm. they got going again, they were top in now, no I'd time. say for that period of time, for doing it for so long, 10 years or whatever it is, the time period that they're talking about, yeah, I think it's only fair they start again, honestly. Mm. So, which I think would be the end of them, really. So, I don't know. That's that's my opinion anyway, because you are right, Rads, what she's saying. There's other knock-on effects. It's not just the team that finished second. It's the yeah. players that they bought and the impact it had on those teams as well. It's yeah. the teams they thrashed to get relegated. Those are all really good points. I actually didn't even think of that, because the only thing everyone's been talking about is the second, the team that finished second. But yeah. what about everything yeah. else around that? They bought Nasri, Adebayor, Clichy. These guys were all in their prime when they went to they City yeah. as well. Ryan Sterling. So, and even yeah. at that stage... Yeah. Wenger yeah. were furious in terms of how financial how doping. Can... Yeah. yeah, that's, that's awesome. Wenger, yeah. and you know, Wenger's yeah. <laughs> an economist, so he's looking at this and saying, "This is not fair. This is doesn't not, make sense. Not, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense." Yeah. Um, and he's actually been he's, he's, now, he's, he's been harping about this for a long time as well. You know, yeah. um, all the money that's coming in, and you know, these these guys trying to swindle the rules and stuff like that. So. He's been singing the song for a long time and he got ridiculed for it for the most yeah. part. You yeah. know, when he was talking about it, it wasn't fashionable. Now mm. it's like, oh, let's do something, you know, yeah. and it's, what are we looking at? How many leagues have they won now? Six in the last, in the last 10, 11 years. So that's right. Yeah. I mean, in the overall, yeah. in the overall charts, all of a sudden City are now an entity because yeah. of those, because of that. But, you know, when you look at that, if it's blatant cheating, Mm. none of these titles should be there. So, I, look, I do agree. I asked the question at the start about should the team finish in second. I don't know, you know, having not won the league in that period, I couldn't give a damn if they went back and handed it to us. Makes no yeah. difference. But I do firmly believe that if they do have this outcome and it's a 10-year period, we're talking every title. So, if mm -hmm. the Premier League have the balls to actually do that or this independent committee that's doing it, I will be amazed to be perfectly yeah. honest with you, because that would yeah. be a statement of intent. That would be a marker. And that, that would put the fear within anybody looking to just come in and take the Mickey out of the Premier League and football in a, general. There is another angle that the Premier League would be judged on, is that there's a strong push for the government to have their own... Um, what they calling it? Independent review. So well, I heard that's why this is all happening now because they're under pressure from this well, potential is, yeah. committee well, that could come in and look at these things and start asking questions. You know, so now they're jumping. You know, yeah. So yeah. I think they're trying to show, hang on, we can govern ourselves. Yeah, we don't need an independent governor. So that's why, if at the end of the day it's just a slap on the wrist, then it's a strong of um, it's a stronger case for. For independent reform, of course, yeah. For there to be stringent looks in terms of, you know, if it's independent reform, the government will say it's a salary cap, or they mm. can do whatever they want if they can pull it in, and then and then they screwed. So they don't want to, they don't want to lose that. You know, they, they, it might in the long run, if they give over that control to the government in terms yeah. of their, their committee, they might think, well, it's got a negative effect on our product. And yeah. We don't want other, other, of these other leagues to catch up on us, so yeah. they'll be desperate to make sure they can show um, that they can, um, you know. Yeah, it's tough because you know, like, it, it, it's another good point because it is the best league in the world, hands down. You know, so mm -hmm. if you do get this government committee that comes in and starts putting all these regulations on it, 
over yeah. time, it's, it's highly possible that the league is going to start going, uh, you know what I mean? Like, right now, look at all the managers that are here at the moment. Just, yeah. just the managers, yeah. you know, never mind the players. But, yeah. As much as we want to, you know, kick them out, you know, them putting the money in the league is crap, but they've also brought better players to the league in the yeah. general. They've, yeah. You know, there's better managers in the league. So they've also raised the bar. Or, you know, so there is a case in terms mm. of what they've done for the game. It's just sure that they've done it in the wrong way. Yeah, they've yeah. done it. And that's the problem, right? It all comes down to look, anybody can do that if yeah. you start cooking the books and fudging everything. But yeah. ultimately, they've done it in the incorrect way. So the integrity of the game is now brought into question. And yeah. Man City fans, it, anyway, for those of them that have actually followed the club prior oh, to when they oh, became... Do we know any Man City fans? Did it I exist? mean, it's funny. Well, I'll tell you, I started coaching some... Uh, I started coaching the Premier League youth at, at uh, Colts. And you'll be surprised how many there actually are. What <laughs> These young kids, mate, because they just, you know, they jump on the bandwagon, probably have no clue about the history of the club. Yeah. They'll be jumping so, off the bandwagon when they're in the championship. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be the first ones off. But going back to what I said, you know, those older fans that have been there for a while, from the murmurings of what's coming out of Manchester City, they are genuinely concerned. They yeah. are worried about what's coming. They don't fully understand what's going on. Um, yeah. or some of them anyway, in terms of the, the noise coming out of Manchester. And it's going to be really a, a, a rocky road for them in the next six months as to what this outcome looks like. Because as Pep said, you know, there's obviously the, the challenges of... And I, let's go back to this season, okay? Let's bring it back to this season. Surely, Wade, something like this has to... Has to it, it's like working in a business and you've been told that, you know, things are about to hit the fan. There has to be a psychological effect on the players the manager, there's an eye over going, should I need to start exploring options? And then you have the effect that that might have on the field. Do you think mm. this actually plays into that and maybe even gives a stronger case for Arsenal to really ramp things up? It's tough to say. It's so tough to say, man, because, look, they've, they've got the best manager in the world. They've got world-class players all over the shop. You know, they, they've been rocky as it is this season. So you wonder if this is really going to shake things up even more. So it becomes a mental challenge now for them, you know, to try and block everything out and try push on. You know, do they look at the season and go, listen, it's it's things are things are going pear shaped as it is. Let's just get the season done and see where we're at then. Or do they use this as motivation and say, listen, this could be the last of it. So we need to really kick on you. So it could go either way, bro. So it's going to come down to the mentality of it. I I reckon Pep, knowing Pep, he's going to try and use this to really motivate the players, right? Because he's all about that mental side of the game. And you can... And he's already already got that. He's already got his defenses up now. When you hear him talking in in his press, he's trying to, you know, saying that the fans need to get on us. They're too quiet and this and that. And Mares was on holiday. He's only coming. You know, he's been making these comments where it's like, wow, he's really trying to get in their head. So knowing him, he's going to try and use this as something to really spur the players on. So it could go either way, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to say that this is going to be the, you know, the thing that buries them. So I hope so. I definitely hope so. Rams, I want to, before you jump in, I want you to talk here, but I'm going to say this. You look at the season as a whole, though, and I've been saying it, you know, effectively almost from the start about, you know, bringing someone like Haaland in. Then you've got the Cancelo saga that kind of played out there. A couple of murmurings from within the squad about, 
you know, was it the right move, if that's true or not. But these are the things that come out of there after that. Then you see these articles about potentially Haaland and and, uh, Pep having a bit of a frosty uh, time of things. You know, obviously all these stories are starting to come out. I mean, given the context of the season, the fact that City haven't really been peaking, throwing this in there has to add to that narrative of um, of negativity that's kind of floating around them. Yes, yeah, so I've been saying for a long time, and I still think they're going to win the league. So I thought, you know, they're the team that back into the season they go on these runs where they they don't drop points. You know, um, I think even last year, all of a sudden, um, was it the year before where they where they caught? I don't know who they were chasing, but you know, they just did not stop winning. They got into that rhythm. I think this could derail that. I think, you know, there's just so much negativity around the club. There's uncertainty. It's going to be a, a job for him to get them all together. So I think for the first time, I'm actually thinking, well, hang on, maybe I think Arsenal can get this because I'd be worried if I'm a City fan. Because at the moment, as a City fan, even some of those players, you're not really concerned about this league anymore. You're concerned yeah. about whether you're going to be in the league, you know? So yeah, that's what I'm saying. What yeah. else is coming? So, like, you know, um, he's complaining about the fans being quiet. I think they're going to be even more quiet now. Yeah. You know, they'll be like... There's going to be this air of weirdness, yeah. There is, yeah, yeah. That uh, I, I know what you mean. That airy feeling where it's like yes. it's, it's the you kind of you neither yeah nor there, you know, yeah. to really then, add on to what the season's been, which has been from a city perspective pretty average, right? Yeah. From the high standards, I mean, from a city perspective, set, so, from the high standards yeah. that they set, yeah, you would think yeah, so that it's it is. So. It's like it's like I don't know. I know when I was a when I was a lighty, um and and I got up to shit, right? Uh, I did a Man City and I and I fudged the books or whatever I've done, right? My old lady will say to me, go eat in the room for your father. <laughs> that anticipation, that uneasy feeling, that's what they're going to be getting. What's coming? What might come and say, hey, don't worry, Lighty, nothing's happening, just move, move it off. But I was shitting myself that whole time. Oh, the Pali might come and give me a thrashing on my life, you know what I mean? So that, 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 that in between is like, that worst feeling is with you, yeah. It it does. Does. yeah. That's gonna be city in my view. Like they're gonna be like, hey, is this buddy gonna I think, I think we all know that feeling well, or even you know, we'll we'll talk about it when you get home. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'll yeah. see you when you get home. Goodness, that's the worst one. That's literally the torture phase right there. I'm sure the listeners know exactly what we're talking about. Nothing worse than that, but um I think it's going to be an interesting time for City and I'm glad we discussed it and spoke about it because it is the biggest news probably in the Premier League right now, which, you know, of course deserves the attention that it's getting and hopefully we see a, a tangible outcome there for, for all parties involved. But shifting gears, I guess, back to the Premier League, Jen, so much has happened since we last spoke. Of course, we saw two sackings. Um, if I am right, there might be a third, but I think it was just two. We saw Everton depart with Frank Lampard finally. Um, after after that time and, uh, you know, the number of negative results that they've had. And, of course, we've seen uh, our very own Ted Lasso, Jesse March, get the, the marching orders out at Leeds. Um, it was one of those weird ones. I think he was always on the cusp of leaving or getting sacked, and he's just hung in there, you know, getting results against Liverpool and so forth. But two signings there, two teams struggling. Sean Dyche-Fetch comes straight in, Wado, and... Uh, does a does a Arsenal or does a Everton classic over there to pull an upset? Surely Sean Dice at the wheel, Everton safe safe bet. 
Yeah, I mean, look, if you if there's any manager that you want to come in and, uh, you know, for relegation scrap, it's Daesh, right? Um, he's, I guess, he's what Allardyce was back in the day. You know, if you want that, just come in and do one graph. Just keep us up. You know, that's it. But listen, Everton were really good on the weekend against bad. us. You know, yeah. like, yes, we, we didn't play well, but they pressured us. But we didn't have any time whatsoever. That midfield three were just immense they overpowered us um they were just so good man like i was i was watching the game and i was going wow where's this team been and i'm also looking at the players right um you got cody and 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 tokowski at the back right and then you got those three in front of them onana gay and um Ducore. and you're thinking these are the perfect dice this is like burnley 2.0 when you actually look at the quality of those players and the yeah, job they can do, they're, yeah. they're a much better version than the Burnley players that he had. And yeah, he was yeah. solid with that team. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with Everton. But listen, they were, they were just better than us on the day. They wanted it more. I think we went there and we thought, all right, you know, we've got a couple of big games coming up. We just weren't up for it. We weren't yeah. up for it. So they beat us. Every, and they, at the end of the day, look, Fairs is fairs, you know what I mean? They deserve to win it. We didn't, we were way off it. You know, we had a couple of opportunities here and there, but they could have scored more as well. They could have gone into the break two or three up. So thoroughly deserved it. And and honestly, looking at that, you know, you don't want to make judgments so soon. But if, I mean, if they can produce half of what they did against us for the rest of the season, they'll be fine. fine. If they produce half of what they've done against your... This week against Liverpool. Against Liverpool, they'll probably win 4 0. Yeah. 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 Just picking up on um, Colonel talking about coaching the, the under 21s or something, um, the PLU, whatever they are. Um, that picture or that video of Daesh rocking up in the freezing cold mm. with shorts, his coppers on, and making <laughs> him do the beat test. Brutal. You know, that's old school coaching. Old school. You know, yeah. you know that's it. Yeah. And, and apparently he bans players from wearing gloves. Well, they can't wear. Mm. He reckoned. No, I saw the comments. He said, "You you got a trainer. You play. You or there's there's four. He, he actually pads, counted it out. Everything. He said there's like forty nine yeah. snoods. There's a yeah. there's this. There's that. He said you could you don't play football like that. So don't come to training like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now he's just what they need, and and I think the Everton faithful will will get behind him very quickly. I mean, they you know they almost they really. Were big parts in Everton staying up last last year. So you know, with with them and Daesh coming in, it's a it's mm-hmm. a match made in heaven for now. Anyway, so look, it's not what they expected. Probably when Moshiri took over, they probably had different plans. They had Ancelotti at one stage, James Rodriguez, and you're thinking, wow, this team is going somewhere. But next thing, you know, Sean Daesh battling relegation. So and they got a new stadium that they're moving into in a couple of years as well. So it's crucial that they stay up. It is. Um, it is. And they have yeah, spent I, I, half a billion. A yeah. They're one of the top yeah. spenders in, in the world in terms of, or in Europe, should I say, in terms of um, transfers. So, mm. you know, Everton have a lot to live up to. I think Sean Dyche is the right appointment for them given this yeah. current situation. If nothing else, if you look at what he did at Burnley, they will be a pragmatic team that mm. will be able to do the hard yards. He'll probably bring in some recruits after this season. And they may not be the prettiest, but Everton fans have to ask themselves, what is it that you want? You tried the pretty angle. You had them all. They all failed pretty much. Um, so, yeah, maybe Sean Dyche is the answer. And what do you make of the lead situation, Rudds? Obviously, Jesse March leaving the back door. I don't think they've appointed anybody new as yet. 
not yet. There's a few rumors going around. I think they had Raul as one of the potentials. They're chasing a, another Spanish coach that's doing well, but I, I think that's unlikely. Um, there's even talk about potentially, you know, getting Bielsa back. But it's funny you mentioned Ted Lasso. So United had uh, Ragnik as a caretaker manager last year, and he he brought in an assistant coach who was American. His name was Chris Armas, and all the players were calling him Ted Lasso. <laughs> and guess what? He's the caretaker manager tomorrow when United play Leeds. <laughs> so they've actually brought in Ted Lasso for this game. <laughs> oh, you'll better not lose that one, bro. You'll better oh, not lose that one. <laughs> that could be a classic. That could be a classic. I'm not too worried about the game tomorrow. I think United should have enough. Um, I'm more worried about playing them again on the weekend away. Mm. Um, I think... Um, Especially with um, our most important player being out for three games, um, like I, I, I can see we've got winnable games on paper with Leeds twice and Leicester. I just think without Casemiro there, it's a big hole. So I'm, I'm not as confident as uh, as I should be. Mm. And, and that's the thing. There's a, there's a, there's the games are starting to come thick and fast. Moving towards the business end of the season, every yeah. point counts. You know, there's still plenty of games. Given that we are in February, we'd probably be a little bit further down the track in terms of games played in a regular season. Yeah. But there's still a bucket load of games to go. A lot of you games. Know? But even when you look at the table, right? United, just say United drop a couple of... Well, United beat Leeds tomorrow. All of a sudden, United are in second. I know we have a game in whatever. But, you know, or United drop points. And then if, if Spurs win... You know, United are out the top four, Spurs are back up, you know, so and there's a there's a lot that can change. You know, United are not guaranteed to be finishing in the top four. Um so no, not at all. Strong. Not at all. There's a lot of football to be played. Um, I think I think out of the three teams there, I would I'd put money on those three finishing in the top four given the way United are playing. I think Newcastle ultimately, I was talking to a Newcastle fan the other day, it's gonna cost them all these draws. I think what's happened with Eddie Howe there is they've he's 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 got the most out of the squad as he can, but they're beginning mm. to show flaws within the system. Even though they've only lost one game, you yeah. can't draw 10 games in a season. So I think they can build on this season into next year, bring in reinforcements and maybe push, but there's no chance they'll make it in the top four in my book. I but think defensively, how good is that? Only losing one game. It's brilliant. Mm. So he's got the foundation, right? He's got the foundation, but to compete in the four, you've got to do more than that. So I think actually, if I was to put money on it, it's between... United Spurs. To be perfectly honest with you, I think that's probably, probably the top four for the season. Mm. Unless yeah. you know, I don't hold out any hope of Liverpool producing anything. That there's too many scars there and issues right now to, to do. Do you think anything. Chelsea got any hope? I think Chelsea league? have more hope. I think Chelsea have more hope than us, um, mm. just purely on the fact that. Um, probably by the sheer number of signings. Yeah, yeah, surely one of these players can do something. I yeah. Look, I do think it's an interesting situation for Chelsea because Graham Potter, it's one thing signing 20 players. It's it's another thing trying to figure out where the hell you play know. all these players. That was a mm. dead man walking. Let's be honest here, bro. Has yeah. to. You know, he's, he's, his days are numbered because yeah. it's so hard. He's, all these players coming in, you know, not finishing where they want to be. 
there's no way they're giving him they're, they're going to stick with him for three years or five years or whatever. No way. Yeah. No and chance. we've we've seen other teams do it when they've come up. You know, they've uh, yeah. they've invested heavy. You know, I think of Fulham when they came up that one year and went crazy yeah. with the spending. But now you 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 you're not expected to stay up. You're expected to get results right now. Yeah, correct. So trying yeah. to get these guys to gel and still make up ten points to get to top four. And I mean, look, okay, it's a, I don't want to judge them too much in the Fulham game. They were poor, absolutely poor against Fulham. They they got completely outplayed against Fulham. Um, so I don't want to judge them too much on that. But these guys are all young players as well. It's not like they've gone out and bought yeah. superstars. No I mean, Enzo Enzo looks like he's ready right now. He looked good, he does. Um, especially yeah, he in the quality. first half. So he looks quality. But the other guys, Mudueke and all these guys that they've... I haven't even heard of some of these guys, you know what I mean, that I they've spent big money on. on. No, he did look good. He, he did look good. Mudrik, yeah, he did. Know. But what I'm yeah. saying is they, they, there's none of these guys are, are like Hal Felix. He's a star, yeah. right? But he's on loan. But, but these cool guys are all young guys with potential. So yeah. are they even yeah. going to be able to? Which hack could it? go. Which could you know? go anyway. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That game he played, it was like he, he got sent off. But you could still say it's probably man of the match. He was yeah. the best player yeah, in the was park. Quality. He was still good. Absolute quality. Yeah. Yeah. So you, just, you don't know. need something like that. You just drive them. But um, I just don't know how Potter gets it right. And to be honest, when I watch Chelsea. I'm I'm watching an expensively assembled Brighton. Yeah. That's what I feel like I'm watching. But, like but I think they're passing, I think their system is exactly <laughs> what Brighton used to do with no end product at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit that. worrying for them. Yeah. But the other thing is in a tip for you to Connell too, like in coaching, the biggest part is managing the players. Like yeah. Hundred percent. How do you keep all these players happy? Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. And if they're not happy, you're not playing or whatever, you know, it becomes toxic. Very, very toxic. Exactly. Very, very quickly. You got you got more than half these hours on big wages, not playing, should be playing. You got a bomber yang now has dropped his you know, dropped out of Champions League squad Champions League squad. Even that, that lighty buddy Ashley, whatever his name is, mm. the centre back. Not in the Champions been, League squad. He's been playing well in the league. All of a sudden he's dropped from a Champions League. Mm. Surely you're not happy about that. You know, 100%. Who's, who's not playing? It's like yeah, it's a concern. Like I, I, it, we've got, all been We've all been in a change room. You know, we all played ball. I, I've I've seen it, and I say I tell to the guys all the time. What happens here at grassroots football is no yeah. different than what happens up there. One guy gets dropped. All of a sudden, he's talking to his friends in his ear. Can you believe the coach? Can you believe this guy? Can you see what's happened here? This guy's a dickhead. That guy's it. So it happens at every level. And the and tension, now the tension would be even more. The tension at, just at escalates. That's the difference is the yeah. tension. The stakes are much higher. Yeah. Exactly. The successful teams are the teams that are all working together. Like mm. yeah. one of the best things that Ferg, one of his best strengths was how he managed the squad and the team. Mm. Like he kept the guys on the bench so happy. Solskjaer was like the super sub, one of the best super subs ever. Because he, but he knew that was his role, and he loved it. He loved mm. it coming on to change a game, you know. And 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 he, and he knew how to address each player. Mm. So one of the things I think it was actually Solskjaer and Sheringham when they had to come on for the Champions League final. He knew how they worked, how their psyche worked. So he went and he was talking to Sheringham, and he ignored Solskjaer, and he just gave Sheringham all this in all this information. Need you to do this, 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 this. Sheringham needed that. You needed to know exactly what the coach wants. We need to be. Solskjaer needs it to say, "Fuck you! I'm gonna show you." Mm. You, you, you know, you, you think it's all about shedding him. I'm gonna show you. You mm. know, so the, he went on even more motivated. 
but it, and he knew it. You know, that's just the state. So it's about how do you keep all these all these guys moving in the same direction, yeah. all wanting to fight, all wanting to do their best. So, mm. and if you got so many that are unhappy, hey, good luck to you. But I can't see him. Um, I can't see him staying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's interesting times for Chelsea Football Club, that's for sure. You know, we never thought we'd going into a season where the battle for ninth spot is between Chelsea and Liverpool right now. Um, and I don't <laughs> know if you have seen the table there, gents, but going into the new year, Liverpool are dead last <laughs> with one point. Wow. They've, you know, dead last on the league table in terms of since the start of January. We haven't won a single game. We've lost three or four on the bounce, and we've drawn one game with the worst, with the worst goal difference on top of that of minus eight. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, shambles. I'm gonna ask you guys this again because I asked you this at the beginning of the season: Is Klopp under pressure? I, I can answer that question, and I think you'll find you've probably seen in the media, you've probably seen it out from a lot of people. We will in. From a Liverpool's fan perspective, those that understand what he's done, we would rather see the entire team leave than Jurgen Klopp. Mm. Because the alternate is not something I would want to entertain. Now, yeah. having said that, if Klopp is ultimately the issue and he feels that he is the actual barrier, I'd prefer if he made that decision. But if the club actually decided to do that for him, I think that would be a big negative. So... Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that being the case. Like, Wade, we sack Jurgen Klopp. Who's coming in, my man? Who's coming cool. in to take the ethos of what he's done? The man has skin in the game. Jamie Carragher said it himself. I would rather sack the entire team than get rid of Jurgen Klopp. In fact, now I've seen all these tweets and Tell stuff you. out. I've seen, sorry, I just want to say one more thing. I've seen these things come out from Dortmund where they regretted the decision of getting mm. rid of Klopp. Because yeah. they realize now what a great manager he actually was. You know what's yeah. strange? It's just this, 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 it's the seven year cycle that seems to happen with him. Is, uh, I, I don't know. It, it might just be a myth, but it, it's the teams uh, look yeah, like they burn seven, out. Seven years is a long time for It is a long you. time, but now, but then yeah. the question is, is he up for another rebuild from scratch yeah. from 10th? Yeah, the thing, I think Did the guy stay there and rebuild? Is he going to be there for another seven years for the rebuild? What if yeah. a club yeah. comes in for him? Is he going to want to stay and say, okay, Let's start this thing from scratch now and let's go again, especially with Liverpool are not out there spending big money either. You know, yeah. so you, you guys are going to have to rebuild. The, the, the main players are old and they've taken such I a... Know you're, but, uh, but when you say rebuild, like, there's, there's... Listen, we've got very young players capable, some of them only coming into their prime. Tre, I know everyone gets on Trent Alexander's back, but it was only two years ago everyone calling this guy the best bloody player right back in the world based off what he was doing. He's 22 years old. There's just something going on across the team that needs to be addressed. So you think you'll have you a foundation talking? now to build I think we on? Of course we have a foundation. We've got virtual... Who, who, the, issue, the issue is there. The issue exists within that midfield. As I said to you guys in that last podcast, we've signed one player in four years in central midfield, and that guy was 31 years old. His name yeah. was Thiago. Brilliant player. And, but, and even then, right... So we, why it's a rebuild is because you can't fix that, mid, that midfield in one transfer window because yeah. of how expensive it's going to be. So that's why there's, you know, a rebuild in that sense because he's got to try and build it. You, you know, I just wanted he, to be clear that the rebuild isn't like every single player is dead and they've got to go. The key yeah. area is that front, is, uh, sorry, is that with midfield. Any team, bro, with any team, mm, it's never mm, as, mm. 
it's never as bad as it seems. It's always like two or three signings from it. To two be or three signings, like correct. Day, right? mm. um, it's the same thing with United. Remember, so it was always just two or three signings. Even look at Arsenal, two or three signings and look where mm. they are. You know, so I, it's never as bad as people make it out to be. I think the one thing with the seven years and why it's probably a factor is because he's so loyal to his players. These guys have given so much to him. I've heard um, that's a, a big criticism of him. Yeah, but he doesn't know when to when, when to get rid. Yeah. Not as, there's some that is it makes it easy call, but there's others where you know he just holds on maybe for a year yeah. too too much. And you you, you touched on you touched on we we're talking about Fergie earlier. He was also the master of that, letting guys go at the right time and replenishing the squad. He just had a knack for doing it. You know, as a fan, we used to be like, "What the hell? How can he get yeah. rid of Max Stam? How yeah. can he get rid of Anusiru? How can he get rid of his players?" You know, they were still in their prime, mm. but he knew he already had someone younger coming in to a successful team. They're going to push you forward and continue instead mm. of. Waiting until they have the drop offs, and then you got to build it all up from again. So, how do yeah. I keep the momentum going? You know, he was the master and, of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a skill. But the thing is, Klopp is showing that he's under pressure. He's starting to bite oh, the head off some of his reports. Mm. There's a Liverpool um, journalist, James Pierce. Mm. Is it James Pierce? I think I'm not going sure who the guy it is. James out, Pierce. It is James, the, it is James, James Pierce. So he's, so yeah. he's quite close to, to the Liverpool squad. He's quite close. He's an insider. He gets all. He said, no, I'm not, I'm not answering your question. I was trying to look for the article to see yeah. what, what he wrote about. No, like, I think it's it... just, it's not really articles. It's more around the fact of the constant. Yeah. But he's, you know he's what? Not it's funny books. because these managers like to say they're not reading, but they're reading everything. They're reading. And they're at they're the reading. end of the day, when yeah. it comes to, so Klopp is, as you said, that loyalty also comes from, you are a Liverpool journalist. So I'm not yeah. asking you to only say good things about us but you need to understand the context of what's going on. So he'd expect that journalist to understand what's going on within the club yeah. and not be a wanker on the outside. I but just, to your point, to your point, the pressure is so intense and not the pressure of losing the job, but the pressure of our crap we're playing that he is yeah. biting at those things now. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's it. So I think the bigger risk from a Liverpool's perspective is whether he calls it. Um, Cause there's a lot of that's things that happen. Fear. That's my fear. That's my fear. The sale they thought the sale, they're gonna, you know, they saw what happened with Chelsea. They thought, you know, they're gonna, they're struggling to to think. Um, I heard someone say today, actually, I was just, you know, I listened to my podcast. They were saying, um, <laughs> must have been the, saying, the Chillingham podcast. <laughs> if, if, if the sale of Liverpool is comparable to the sale of your house, you would have really got a new estate agent because there's no one biting. You would have tried Ooh. a different approach. So, you know, what's going on there? Because they don't really want to sell the whole thing. They want to try to get Well, I don't believe they want to sell the whole thing. That's the problem, yeah, number one. The difference with the Chelsea, correct. The difference with the yeah. Chelsea is that they were, there it is, take it. Mm. This one, the, yeah, is, hey, we're selling. Actually, no, we're not selling. Can you just give us more money so we can actually fund is, this whole thing? Which is the hardest mm. sell altogether. Which is the hardest sell, 100%. looking at the performance of the team and you know, well, let, we need to get... We need to redo the midfield. We probably need to get a, another centre back at some point. Um, you know, there's a few different things we need to look at. Um, but then, that's going to cost us a lot of money. Yep. You know, we want Bellingham. Bellingham is going to cost us about 150 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if we get Bellingham, we can't get anybody else. And to get Bellingham, we probably have to sell somebody. So, right. so we need yeah. someone to bring this money in. So I think this is really. There's a lot of sort of pressure. And even look at 
You know, Michael Edwards leaving, Julian Ward coming in. Julian Ward now walking away. Pull the pin. He pulled the pin. Because these guys are not stupid. They can see the writing on the wall. They can see, well, yeah. the, model, the, the model's fantastic when we're the only team trying to dip into this pond to get these, these, these players on a cheap and these players we can develop. Everybody else is doing it. Some teams are doing yeah. it better. Brighton yeah. are doing it better. Some are doing it more numbers and stuff. So, so now you've got to look in the, in the higher echelon. And that's an expensive pond that you're looking at now. Mm. And you need to get the funds in. So I think there's a, you know, it's, a, it's a real challenge for Klopp. Real challenge. So whether Massive. he looks to say, I can't get backed. It's, un, it's an unfair playing field with Man City and others and Chelsea more so throwing money around, you know, how can I compete with that? Because as much as, as I back myself from a good manager, I can turn around these players. Um, these teams are just playing, getting players that are better than mine, mm. you know, and, 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 and that's, in, in that, at some point, it just becomes a fact. As hard as I can make a team try and work together, when these guys are just better than us, it makes it harder and harder. I also, can't pushing above my, you know, punching above my weight. I, I take that in notion and I've seen Liverpool fans talk about FSG haven't invested and this. let's not get it twisted. In the last 12 months, Liverpool have spent 200 million, 200 million pounds. And the decision to sign Darwin Nunes was it, and I'm not saying he's the wrong signing, but you paid 85 million for that player. So you have to ask yourself the other question, is the money that was actually being spent, being spent in the right places? Because everybody's taking this, and I'm a Liverpool supporter, so I'm happy to say it. But everybody's so, taking so this high that, ground of 200 million. Of, of if she don't invest in anything. The last, in the last two years, 200 million. Is that what you said? Last 12 months. Last 12 months. Since we signed Diaz, we spent Bro, 45 million month, on Diaz. In the last month, Chelsea spent 300 million. Yeah, How but are Chelsea, you competing that? that? Yeah, okay, but that's, that's a, fine. That's a special case, though. I think that's a special case outside yeah. of that. I'm just talking yeah. in general. We're talking about the fact that the Liverpool fans are jumping on, you know, FSG and saying they're not investing, but we have invested. Then yeah. maybe the question is the money's been invested in the wrong way. You know, we brought that Lighty Cavallio in for the future, or whatever, but he could, you know, there's the 15 million that we spent there. We spent 45 million on Diaz, right? Great signing, obviously injured at the minute. We spent mm. 85 million on Darwin Nunes. Everyone's yeah. like, is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Maybe he's going to be good. We don't know if he's going to be good. 40 on Gapco. 40 on Gapco. So you start adding these figures up, gents, mm. and there's 200 million pounds worth of investment there. And having said that, the other problem with Liverpool, you said it, right? Julian Ward's left um, on the verge of leaving anyway. Klopp is way more now involved in the transfers, which means, listen, you know, if your manager gives you more work, something drops off, right? Mm. You can't give your attention to everything the same 100%. So if this was now making decisions around what's going on here, some stuff is dropping off there. He's taking on extra responsibility. Liverpool, when they were successful, everything, that's why United was so good, everything worked in unison. From the fucking canteen lady to the person bringing the, the newspaper, whatever. Mm. Everything at Liverpool right now is almost broken. From the club wanting to get investors and sell to the doctors leaving, to the head of uh, the medicine department having left, to the guy that was doing the, 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 the trades. So there's a number of factors there playing out. But I won't, I won't be sucked into Liverpool having spent money. They have spent money. The question is, has it been spent in the right way, in yeah, my they opinion? They've spent money within their model because they've, been, they've sold players in that time, right? Of course. And they've brought, and they've brought money in. So they've still spent within the realms of what they can. 
But that's what FSG have always been. So I don't know why anybody expects any more from them at the no. end of the day. No, no, like I wouldn't expect more from them. I'm just saying that that's the model. It takes an exceptional manager for that model to work. Yeah. Under any other manager, that model does not work. I don't yeah. think anybody can argue that it can work under another manager. Well, let's, see, let's see what Mikel does because we've no, pretty Mich- much done the same thing. We've we've bought players for specific. Invested. Yeah, but we haven't gone out and spent huge money on players. Yeah. We, we've done it's very similar to what Liverpool have done. 30 million for a guy to do this job. 30 million for a guy to do this job. Yeah. So he's bought players to fit the system. I'm saying, I'm saying like Liverpool need to make sure they can sell to buy. Arsenal, mm-hmm. Arsenal budget spending, they get money put in they, and they can spend. They, they've put money, they've even taken loans to get cash reserves. Yeah, we're the opposite. We <laughs> wait to sell to But buy. we also didn't spend for like 10 years, remember? We, we yeah, were like but, breaking even every year for like 10 yeah, years. So we didn't exactly start on a, on a level playing field. We started from behind, yeah. really. We were yeah. selling our best player. We were selling Van Persie uh, for, to, to United for whatever we did. And then we bring in in Giroud. Or we, you know, we're selling Nasri and we're bringing in Jovino. So it's yeah. like we were downgrading and downgrading for years and years and years. So when I look at how much we've spent now, it's like, okay, it's good that you're spending now because you mm. didn't spend in the previous 10 years. So you've yeah, got yeah. to dig us out this hole now to catch up. But yeah. what I'm saying is as well, we're not spending like 70 million, 80 million on a 70 year. You know what I mean? We're, we're buying yeah. players for specific roles and, and they're slotting in, which is what Klopp did when he got there. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got a lot of roles to fill. And if you, you can't go and spend a hundred on just one, yeah. and then you're leaving you with gaps. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I think it will it will be a lot different if the club I think is over time they'll get to a point. They'll yeah. get to the point where they have the basis and then potentially yeah. it's one off signings to then yeah. be added. That's the plan. Which that's is probably where we but that's the, yeah. that's where we at. Now yeah. we're looking for the Jude Bellingham. Now yeah. we're looking for this big money signing that's, you mm. know, I don't even know if we can actually afford. So I think, yeah, to, to Wade's point, they are on a different different path. Or not a different path, there, in a different there, time frame. Uh, is there a Salah contract issue there? As in, is he a little bit too comfortable? No. You know, what, why, is he off, why is he so off the pace? Because he's, he's got chances. He's old. Yeah, His legs are gone. Nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just watching Listen. him play. There's what, yeah. But, bro, you can't, you can't isolate that and go, what, you know, he's missing these chances. One, you got to look at the other argument. He's still Liverpool top scorer. He still has 17 goals in the season in an absolutely diabolical season where the entire team is not functioning, right? And even Allison is starting to make uh, uh, errors at this point in time. Robbo, Trent, Van Dijk looks yeah, a shadow the- of himself. Matip is a shambles right now. He's so bad right now that everyone, people are writing and saying it's time for him to go. That's how mm-hmm. bad it is right now at Liverpool. So for Salah, it's just part of this ridiculous puzzle that Klopp has to solve. You listen to Klopp and Klopp said it the other day. He said, I can only judge by what I see. Mo Salah is the first person at training. He's also the last person to leave because he is a model professional for everybody to follow. So, like the I put Salah in terms of the work ethic behind what he does, like the Messi's and Ronaldo's in terms of they grind to be at the level that they're at. Mm. That it doesn't just happen. Those guys work their cakes off to actually be the best, and that's mm. where he is at. So, why is he missing those chances? I don't know, man. Because the entire team is absolutely 
garbage right now. No, it's it's garbage. environments. Like 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 Rods was saying earlier, you got to create that harmony within the squad, Correct. and I think that's understated, especially now in modern football because of the money that they spend, and it's Very all about going out and buying a big player and a big name signing, and you know the eighty million dollar guy that's going to come in and change it. If the environment's not right, that guy's Doesn't not going to drive there. So 100%. I think it's very understated, and that's that's what Mikel has done so well as as well. Just to go back to Arsenal for a second, like he's the the fans. I've never felt as connected to the club to since the we team. moved to the Emirates, and you feel 100%. that now. You go to the Emirates is rocking every yeah. weekend. It's rocking. You know what I mean? You can tell everyone's moving in the right direction. So it's 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 massive, man, and it's understated. That's why the Arsenal motto is victory through harmony. You know, so we're loving it at the moment. There's there's currently three Arsenal players with the same amount of goals as Salah, and there's um there's one with more. So you've got. Uh... Is this one of the questions? <laughs> no, this is the question. Which of the four Arsenal players that have the same amount of goals or more goals than Salah? Oh, well, Which are Saka. the four? Saka's one. Saka will be one. Odegaard. Um... Odegaard would probably, Odegaard yeah. Odegaard got the most. He's got eight goals. Martinelli. Martinelli's got seven and there's one more. Uh, Nketiah. Yeah. No. This is hey, the tougher one. Now's no. the tougher one. Yeah. Oh, maybe Wade will have to know this one. Uh, not Nketiah or Jesus. No. Wow, he, really? He got out of the box. Um, then it would have to be... Shaka. Shaka. Not Shaka? You're going to think outside the Partey. box? Nah. No. Jeez, Louise. It's a trick no. question. So hang on. So, so Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard. Odegaard. Yeah. And, and it's not more. Jesus or Nketiah. Nah. I'm stumped. It's Trossard. Ah, oh, uh, <laughs> Okay. I see what you did there. In the, so you talk about league goals, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of course. actually got the same amount of goals as Salah as well, and he hasn't played for I don't know how long. Yeah, Mm. not in the league, yeah, until overall goals. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you just can't. I I think a lot of the times we put these things down. I mean, the Obama Yang one at Arsenal, that was clearly signed a contract. But then there was also shit behind the scenes in terms of him as a player. No, no. I'm saying, when he signed, you know, everyone was happy that he signed. No, no, no one was complaining about that. He he deserved that contract. He carried yeah. us, and he was still firing. No, I'm you not know, saying anyone just... complained when he signed the contract. I, I never said that. I, I, said, I, I, it... I don't think it's because he signed the contract and then his form dipped because his head went. I think it happened over time. There were a few different incidents that happened. That's what I'm saying. The it was internal things that actually connected that. Yeah. I also think it was a human element, bro. If you if you you know. In and around 30, a little bit over, a little bit under, and you're playing for your last contract. You don't have a contract. Your contract's going to expire in the next couple of years. You're going to look for what's your next move. Mm. That plays in the back of your mind. You're playing out of your skin. There is a little bit of complacency and comfort when you when you do get that contract. Mm. I think it's just, that's just a human thing. That's, that's, I think that's it's not... dependent, but I think it's dependent on the player, right? I do think yeah. it's dependent on the player. I personally don't put Obama Yang in the same category as Salah. Mm. I don't think they're on the same stratosphere. Didn't they both? Aren't they both golden boot winners? Yeah, that's 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 golden boot. No, nobody ever, nobody, nobody ever, nobody ever mentioned Obama Yang as ever being someone that would win the Ballon d'Or. Put it that way. 
No one. I, I have never come across yeah. somebody that said, yeah, that I was on that. That I was in that bracket of player. He's a very good player. And I think that what your human element part there is more inclined for him. You just have to look the way this all lives, bro, and what he does and what he stands for. Salah is not just a, a football player. He's everything else around him as well. And the way he lives his life is actually a perfect model of what he's like on the field. You know, the guy I don't drink is a devout Muslim. He gives, like, there's this whole picture of him as well that paves the way for who he is. So mm. I just don't buy into the notion. I think in a firing Liverpool team, that will still finish miles ahead of anyone close to him. Miles. But mm. this season is just is not the case. Not the case at all. But, but this is a big season, right? How old is he next year? 33, 32. 32. Yeah, but he's, he's but like Klopp was saying, he's one of those O's that you can see playing till about 38 potentially and still scoring yeah. goals. And, and, that's, and that's fine, but what happens is they can't keep, like, like for Ronaldo as an example. Yeah, you yeah, peak and then you... Perfect example because... Oh, pace-wise and that, yeah. Same yeah. position. So he's got to move centrally, he's got to play differently, he's got to play further forward, he's got, you know, I don't well, know... That's why the signing of someone like Nunes and the players like Thiago is another question around what is it that we're trying... I'll be honest, it's like, what are we trying to become? You're bringing in more technical players. Even the signings of Elliots and Cavaliers, these are extremely technical players. In mm. fact, you know, probably Carrig has also said it before in a few other, They're not very Klopp-like players in terms of that model. You yeah. know, And then you've got Darwin Nunes, who's more of a nine, once the ball in be Liverpool just don't even play like that ninety percent of the time. So it's you know this is how don't know. game changes. Less than six months ago, we were sitting in this podcast and everyone was saying, "How good is Liverpool's recruitment?" You know, yeah. one one in one out, they don't miss a beat. Now six months, we're heavily looking back at this. At the you know, it all works fantastic until it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all based off the decisions you take, I suppose. But you're 100 percent right. It's always we're always the armchair expert is always critical after the fact. After the fact, yeah. And who knows? It might all pave out in the end, anyway. But I'll tell you what is is certainly an interesting time ahead with plenty of games to go. Obviously, Rads, you guys play Leeds tomorrow. As you said, you spoke about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get across the line, but I'm not confident. And so we've got, like I said, Leeds, Leeds, and Leicester. I'm not confident that we can get nine points. Could um, that be three? Could that be three L's to go with the names of those teams? Only be three L's, but I think there could be maybe a couple of draws in there, which I'm worried about because you know they hurt just as much as an L. Like if you can take one L and two wins, you know it's better than a couple of a couple of draws. But um, yeah, let's let, let's see. And next well, up for ev- you, everyone's boys. everyone's asking now, though, Rads, are Man United in the title race as well? I've seen the question well, I'm t- floating I'm around. I'm worried that United <laughs> might not finish in the top four. So I'm yeah. telling you, title <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy how reactionary things oh, are. Though. Like honestly, so it, it does my head in. We lose against Everton. Oh, I'm looking at Talksport, the wheels are falling off at Arsenal. <laughs> like, oh my god! Come on, guys, let us breathe. Like you know what I mean? The news haven't, hasn't even sunk in properly and you're coming to these big conclusions it's just like i don't know journalism is so sensationalist bad, these man. days it's, it's like it's it's i don't know it's just losing so much credibility it's hard to actually i don't even listen to half this stuff it's better it's to like, stay out of that crap bro, because yeah. it's endless it's like one thing happens 
and the yeah. whole world is ending at that point you know yeah. and what's even you more frustrating is how people just lap it up you know what i mean and then it's like oh everyone's talk everyone's on that bandwagon i was like come on man can't you think for yourselves you know what i mean it's yeah. just like yeah. like to the bad place during a game right you you, you can I don't go on Twitter after we lose, bro. I don't go on Twitter after we lose because it's going to piss me off even more. I get notifications like someone said something (laughs) that I follow, right? And they'll be criticizing a player to say he hasn't done enough, he's only had this and that. You know, next thing is he scores two goals. Mm. Super score. That that tweet gets deleted. I mean, talking about how fantastic, what impact this player has, you know? Mm. That's not reactionary it is. You know, stick by your Ridiculous. Have you seen? Have you? Were you the one that sent that ad, Rudds, where the there was some ad where they shot and it was, it was like filmed from a. It was a brilliant ad. I'm sure it was us three that was. So basically, they were filming the generation of supporters, yeah. And they were like showing the different reactions that they have and how people literally live for just that exactly yeah. what you were saying, posting yeah. a tweet, but actually. Probably half the time, I don't even know what's really going yeah. on. No, yeah. not, you know, like they're not I, I driven always... by their team, they're driven by the drama. Of exactly. And and I always say this, I always say, I miss the days when fans weren't so caught up in who we buying and what's the club yeah. doing. Yes, and you ridiculous. just watch the game on on the Saturday. And if you won, you're happy. If you lost, all right, should we go again next week? Now, yeah. it's like everyone's so caught up in how much are we spending and this and yeah. that and this play. We missed out on that transfer and Ed was not yeah. doing his job. Get him out. And it's like, come on, man. Like, we didn't even know about sporting directors 15 <laughs> years ago, bro. You know what I mean? It was the, the coach and the players. And that was yeah. it. Now it's like the sporting director and this. There's all these buzzwords and it's like, I, I, honestly, it, it does my head in. Like modern day fans do my. And it's not just it's not just soccer specific no, to everything. that. It's just the way we are now because everyone's yeah. got an opinion now. And like you said, half these people are probably not even watching. They're just doing it for a reaction. So I'm telling you, just, they're watching. Yeah. These all are watching. I'm telling you now, they're watching the 10 minute highlight reel. Yeah. I guarantee you, that's yeah. who these all are. That's who yeah. these guys are. Not, you know, you, you get these things where I don't even I don't understand it. You can watch an O, watch the game, yeah, and and check the area. You see, you can't see the game. You look here, the start watching, and it's like watch alongs. Yeah, I don't like, get it. Yeah, why would anybody actually watch this? I don't get. But these guys get millions of views, yeah. millions. I'm like, yeah. watch the game yourself. How can you be sitting there watching Mark Goldbridge or whatever these cakes names are? You know, <laughs> what, what the hell are you getting out of it? You know? Get angry yourself, watch the game. You can you, you can bust your own TV up if you want to bust your TV up. What the This is the know. world we're living in, gents. People are just looking for something. I don't know what it is, but they're just looking for something. And if they're the first to see that something, then it's even better. Even, and content fair. in the world now is just pump content, content, content. Yeah. That's why I stay off platforms like flipping TikTok and all this crap. Because it's just endless, bro. It's yeah, endless it's nonsense. It's yeah, a lot of nonsense. Suck your brain. It's, it's such nonsense. Sometimes I actually click on like a reel on. I'm still so old school on Paddy Facebook, but I click on a reel on Facebook. I'm like, is this the shit that is circulating around the world? People are literally sitting there watching this. It's really a brain suck. But anyway, yeah. football fans are another breed, and so are all sports fans. We can yeah, go on all night, chance, but we have been going over for an hour, yeah. So we're going to have to call it in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great conversation again, as always. 
We hope you've enjoyed the What the Football podcast. Don't forget you can catch us on all our socials on What the Football pod on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Instagram. And don't forget any episodes are on Podbean as well as Apple Podcasts. It's been a great time bringing you this episode. We'll see you all again next week. No, maybe we'll change that tune up.